Previously on that Cthulhu John. Heather's roommate, Ginger. Ginger's pointing a gun at them. And she says, behind yellow glowing eyes, I'm going to keep one of you here. And one of you is going to get me the book. Go to that church. Get him. Walter, we have to go. Ginger is like possessed at the house and she has Lenny. Scurries to the back to retrieve the uh, king in yellow. I assume he can't be in two places at once. What if we just go to the church and bonk him over the head? You pull up to the church and you look around and you see the entire cast has glowing eyes and they're all looking at you. Now Now leave leave the book on the stage or you're about to get charged by the entire cast. Uh, Should we just throw the book in there? I just wanted to get out. He's inclined to agree with Heather, and he leaves the book in the threshold of the doorway. Lenny, you have knocked the gun out of Ginger's hand. I guess she served her purpose. And then you just see Ginger's eyes go back to normal, and she just falls limp on the floor. Thanks for joining us for That Cthulhu John, episode 39. We are a real play Call of Cthulhu podcast. I am George, your keeper of arcane lore. <laughs> and with us are my friends and investigators, Chad. Back in PA. What's up, y'all? Chuck. I still haven't seen him yet. I don't believe it. And Jenny. Still in PA. Hi. So when we <laughs> left off... Heather and Walter had just escaped the church where Bradshaw and all of his actors were, who all had the strange glowing eyes and talked in his voice in unison. So they got out of the church, but right before that, they dropped off Professor Bradshaw's book, uh, the tome of the King in Yellow with the explanations in it and the rituals and all that stuff. Lenny, on the other hand, was trapped by Ginger, who was pointing a gun at him, until Bradshaw's concentration turned from controlling Ginger to controlling the other actors that were all together in the church. Lenny knocked the gun out of Ginger's hand when uh, Bradshaw's attention was drawn off her. You saw that her eyes stopped glowing, or stopped being basically high beams. After her eyes stopped glowing, Ginger collapsed to the floor. Gun was walked out of her hand, and she is on the floor now. So, Lenny, what do you do? Uh, I feel like I can't get around too well. and You cannot. How hard it is to stand with just one leg, like from being on the floor or something. So I think I just grab a pillow and just like try to lay her down or something. Or just lay her out so she's not, like, slumped over. Okay. You know, might hurt her I got shoulder you. So or you kind of stretch her out a little bit so she's, like, laying on her back or laying on her side? Harvest a couple body parts in case I need them. Okay, just make sure you got... You don't have a saw. No, never mind. <laughs> All right, so uh, you lay her down, put a pillow under her head. 
with the realization that maybe this Bradshaw character has maybe no control over her at the moment, at least. Yeah. In the meantime, after that, I'll, I'll probably grab the gun and sit on the couch, try to keep an eye on her. All right. You just you keep your eyes trained on her? Is there a chair that faces her? Keep her in my field of vision so if she moves. Right. There is a chair there, but it's not facing towards her. You can always take it and move it to the other side of the room, though. Yeah, I do that. Prop my foot up on something and just try to keep her in my in my field of view. I don't know, maybe read one of their awful magazines. <laughs> Red book. Take a Cosmo quiz. Yeah, is that what you guys got? Yeah, totally. Cosmo quiz. Definitely. I'm on. Definitely. <laughs> After you've laid her out, in about a minute of you just sitting there with the gun trained on her, you see her suddenly, slowly sit up. Almost stiff-like, uh, like she was bending in half, but stiff at both the upper body and lower body. Like a Frankenstein waking up kind of thing. Like a Frankenstein waking like up a, kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say the gun was trained on her. It's probably like in my lap. Um, okay. But I, I kind of put my hand on it see what she's going to do. She sits up. It's a little weird. And you're, you're kind of facing her, right? Yeah. You see her groggily open up her eyes. They look like they're about half open. Give me spot hidden roll. Spot hidden. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I gotta... Break out the dice. Mm-hmm. And of course the heater just kicked on. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, sorry. Spot hidden, I rolled a 63. I don't think that's gonna do it, no. Nope. How many points away are you? Quite a bit. Um, enough. Uh, All right. Mine's a 46. You see her get up. She groggily opens her eyes. Then she stands up. It's an awkward kind of pose that she makes while she's standing up. Almost something that a human couldn't do. Look at those marionette moves. Almost defying physics. Then you see her slowly walk towards the wall and she starts tracing something onto the wall. Um, okay. Then she goes to the kitchen and you see her grab a bottle of olive oil. Okay, I'm gonna try to get up, grab my crutch off my chair. Okay. Um, where is she going with this olive oil? Give me another spot hidden roll. I'm worried that this I... This isn't pushed. Think... This is not pushed. Huh. I dropped one. It's cracked. Okay. Roll again. 13. 13. Okay. I will do it. That's going to be uh, hard. It's a hard pass. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, with a hard pass, you notice that her eyes, the white part of her eyes, is still yellow, although they're not shining out like headlights anymore. Mm-hmm. You also noticed that when she grabbed that bottle of olive oil, she also grabbed a paring knife from a knife block. Oh, hell no. Nah. <laughs> um, I can't shoot this girl exactly, but um, I start hobbling my way to the kitchen. You hobble your way to the kitchen? You see her take the olive oil and pour it on her finger. Then she starts tracing something onto the wall. No, no, you ain't drawing nothing. 
Um, I got. I, I try to stop her. I guess. Um, How do you try to stop her? Uh, she still got the knife in one hand. She still has the knife in one. I thought hand. she was about to cut her finger off. I think she's casting casting spells over here. She's doing something weird. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I guess I try to grab her and turn her around with my my free hand. All right, you grab her. So the gun is in my crutch hand right now, and okay. I grab her with the other. You grab her with the other hand, kind of spin her around, or yeah, 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 so that she cannot reach the wall or at least see what she's doing. Say, so, yeah, hold, hold on there, uh, sister. What's uh, seems to be the rush? Why don't you, uh, you know, take a few drinks of water? She raises her head towards you, and uh-huh. you see her eyes look almost through you. It looks like they're mm. looking behind you. Like she mm-hmm. has some sort of unfocused stare. Maybe I'm a ghost. Then give me a pow roll. Carcosa. Fuck. Pow, pow, pow roll. This is where I would like to roll low. Oh, 87 will not do it. This big fail. Mm. Okay. I'm not licking that shit off her finger. No. Why would that be the option? (laughs) When you turn her around, you feel this odd, tingling, cold sensation. It seems to radiate from Ginger. Okay. And you feel it hit you and then pass you. At least I walked over my grave. Something like that. Yeah, and almost a ghostly presence. And then Ginger collapses again onto the floor. Oh, jeez, girl, come on. You're uh, really making this hard on me here. I'm gonna drag you to the other room again. Um, I get the knife away from her, I guess. I kind of kick that across the floor, if that fell. No, she still has it in her hand. She's, like, holding it, like, grasping tightly? Um, the way she fell, it looks like she's still holding it. Pocket the gun, um, bend over as much as I can. I try to put, I put my foot, like the heel on the floor, toe on her wrist. Okay. Before that, give me a psychology roll. Psychology. Sixty-seven won't do it either. Balls. How about these rolls, Lenny? When you go to bend down. Uh, no. she is go. What's that? I'm gonna put my foot on her wrist. Were so you that doing that first before you me. bent down? Before the roll, yeah. Okay. As you start to bring your foot closer to her hand, you see her hand turn the knife upwards. <gasps> and and since you failed your psychology roll, she's faking it, right? Yeah. Since you failed that psychology roll. I should have done the olive oil on her. We're going to give her an attack roll. Uh, you cannot fight back on this one. Though. Should have cut the fingers off. Shot her in the face. So with your good leg. Yeah. I'm assuming you're using your good leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, brawl for Ginger. She's prone on the ground and I'm standing up. I mean, I do have only one good leg. She is. I mean, she just, she only turned it upwards. Broad at disadvantage on, while prone, but gunfire is advantage. It's like okay. That. She fails anyway. I wouldn't have yes. to even roll the disadvantage. You start to see her turn the knife upward. 
like she's going to try to stab you in the foot. Uh huh. But she misses when she tries to do that. You see her coming just a little too quick, and you kind of move your foot off to the side. Uh, would I be able to instead just try to quickly pin her hand to the floor before she's able to, you know, get the knife under my foot, rather, you know sure. what I mean? Sure. What's your dexterity? 55. Hers is higher, so this is going to be the initiation of combat. Uh, well, she gets the first uh, turn in the spotlight, so to speak. Even no, she, she don't this. deserve no damn spotlight. She's a failed actress. She's barely started. <laughs> she's fucking terrible. She can't even just read simple lines. She's awful. And she's like half zombie. She's being controlled by someone and she still can't do it. She's being <laughs> controlled by the director and she's still a bad actress. Oh, man. Okay. Starting with Ginger's turn then. Uh, so you saw her miss. She then sits up again and tries to stab you in the leg one more time. When she goes to stab you in the leg, the knife just slips out of her hand. It goes flying across the room. It's almost like she didn't have a good enough grip on it, but she tried to stab hard enough with it. She rolled a hundred. Oh, that's a crit fail? That's a crit fail. Oh, what does that mean? So that means that your fight back comes with a bonus die, I believe. Nuh-uh. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, then I don't really have to worry about a knife so much, I guess. No, you don't. But I do have to worry about like moving around and skirmishing with this girl. But I think, I think I have to be stronger than her. I'm definitely bigger than her. So instead, um, since she sat up, mm-hmm. maybe I just kind of like get on the floor and hold her, like hold her arms so she can't really move, and I'll just lay there. Cuddling this girl until they get here. Okay. <laughs> greasy the fingers. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a puddle of olive oil on the kitchen floor. <laughs> Gross. This is uh. a whole nother thing that's happening. So I just want to grip her up so she can't move, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to say what it looks like. <gasps> Walter and Heather walk in and we're like, what? <laughs> what happened? With the bonus die, I avoided a crit fail. Okay. Uh, it, would, it was 97 or 7. Oh, wow. Two ends of the spectrum there. Is that an extreme pass? It would be extreme for a brawl roll. Brawl roll. Right? Okay. Yeah. With that extreme pass, I'm going to say that you have her and you just hold her. All night. As long as it takes. (laughs) Maybe you take your crutch. Uh Uh-huh. We're going to say her hands are above her head. You place the crutch over her hands and you just stomp on the crutch to hold her down. Uh, I guess if that if that makes it work, if she starts flipping up again. Right, well, well, how would you do it? I would just lay on the floor, hold her by the arms from behind, you know, keep her from moving around. Giving them the old concha hachame. Yeah, you know. Uh, I'm gonna say you have a good lock on her, and the old Lenny Iron Lenny. The Iron Lenny. <laughs> um, That's a pin. Iron Lenny. Um. All right, so you have her held. And she's not fighting much. She's just kind of loose a little bit. Sliding around in olive oil. Yeah, slippery. Yeah, she's a little loose, a little slippery. So I just let. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So I just. I just. I can't hold it in anymore. (laughs) I'm sorry. And then I just blew everyone's eardrums out. This is going to. It's going to look pretty awkward when they get back, but uh, I don't want this girl stabbing herself or stabbing me. 
Uh, I don't know what the fuck she was doing with the balls and whatnot, so I'm just gonna hold her. All this is too weird. She got the jaundice, some shit, yellow eyes. Yeah, they're still pretty yellow. Are you holding her by the, in front of her or are you behind her? Like arms around her torso, my arms around her torso with her arms like down below that. You know what I, I mean? I see. I see. Yeah. So just good old just, like bear hug with the arms in the hug. Yeah. All right. So you have her help. Let's go back to see what Walter and Heather is doing. Let's go back to see what Walter and Heather are doing when they exit that church. Walter's probably a little frantic when we get back to the car. He's like, uh, "We should get out of here and check on Lenny." Uh, I don't. I don't even want to know what the hell is going on in that church. That was super weird. And uh, he steps on the gas a little bit. Kind of. What kind of car does Heather own? Uh, ginger. Uh, ginger. And she yeah, owns. Sorry about that. A uh, Chevette. Ooh. Ginger yeah, owns a Chevette. Not Chevelle. Oh man. No. no, I know what you mean. The teeny <laughs> tiny little one. Yeah. Oh man. Well, he gives that bad boy some gas and uh, trying to. Not try to get pulled over, but, you know, if it's 35, he's doing, like, 37, 39, somewhere in there. <laughs> oh, bad boy Walter. <laughs> <laughs> That's Walter in a panic. You're burning up the road, dude. White knuckle in it. <laughs> Bat out of hell with two miles per hour over the speed limit. <laughs> Flying at 37. Pull it over there, buddy. All right, so you guys rush back to uh, Heather's apartment. Peel out. So you guys get back to Heather's apartment. Do do you both go in? Uh, yeah. I would. Well, yeah, I mean, Walter wants his car back, so, I mean, he's going to park this, I guess, near Heather and Ginger's apartment, turn mm-hmm. it off, um, probably not even lock it, but take keys with him. Okay. He's looking to make a trade and get the hell up out of there. He's seen enough freaky shit tonight. All right, so do, do both of you guys go up to the apartment? Uh, yeah. I mean, Walter's trying to make sure that Lenny's okay at the very least, and also his car. So, yeah, he's definitely going up there. So both of you guys go up to the apartment, uh, open the door, and there you see Lenny. Lenny? You hear from the kitchen. Uh, before you look, this ain't what it looks like. You see in the very small kitchen, Lenny holding Ginger. I got in, my crutch in front of my crotch, I swear. Got that old crutch crotch. Bottle of olive oil. Are you okay? Let, let's get out of here. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, your uh, your roommate started drawing stuff on the walls in olive oil and then grabbed a knife after Wait. I got the gun from her and, you know... He doesn't go in. I don't know if she finished. Oh my god, you didn't look at it, did you? He stops before he goes in. He says, Lenny, just come out. Let's go. You got my car keys? Uh, no, I, do I? No, I have them in my purse. Oh. Okay. I didn't see where it was out front. Uh, is everything okay with my car? Well, yeah, it's down the block. We didn't know if, uh, you know, Bradshaw was waiting for us or whatever here. So, uh, you know, we was extra careful not to get ambushed. And yet, here we are. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's get as far away from this place as we can. Uh, what about this girl? Uh, I guess I start to let her go. Does she do anything? I need help uh, from the floor here. She's not doing anything. She's just completely uh, limp. Okay. I guess maybe she's asleep again. I don't know. She got yellow eyes. Doing weird stuff. Is she still talking like that? 
Now she, it was different, like, uh, like she was in a trance, but she didn't have, like, full-on high beams. They were a little yellow, but not, like, bright yellow, like she was real sick, or, uh, you know, needs some vitamins or something. Walter looks to you. Sounds kind of familiar. <laughs> looks to you, Heather, he says, may I have my keys? And he has Ginger's keys in the other hand. Oh, man. He's I take them out shit. of my purse, but there's, like, a lot of noise. Like, there's a lot of shit ching, in there. Ching, ching, like, ching. tic-tacs and, like... As I struggle to climb up from the floor by myself yeah. with a broken no. leg. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys, for helping out. Walter's not going in there. As soon as you said, she started writing on the walls. Walter's worried about his damn keys. <laughs> Walter's like, car, give me my baby. <laughs> All right, so I give you your keys. All right, so you got the whole key situation sorted out. Lenny, you need help? I wash the oil off my hands after I get up to my feet. Okay. Why are you covered in oil? I don't know. She was dumping it on her finger. I didn't know what she was doing. I thought she was going to cut it off. With what? That knife over there. It flew out of her hand. All right, let's just go. We can talk about this in the car. You going to leave her here? She's just totally limp on the ground. She's just, she looks like she's dead almost. You uh, you want me to finish the job here, Heather? I mean, can we should we tie her up or something? No, I don't want you to kill her. He could always be watching. Let's just leave. She lives here. Yeah, maybe you should uh, maybe you should report her state of mind to somebody. So maybe they they come here and she gets some help. Maybe I'm trying to get her three o two. Yeah, you shouldn't really just leave her. But, uh, hey, I mean, I guess as long as she's not a danger to herself. I think this is ultimately Heather's call on what happens with Ginger here. I mean, I feel like if she can't get out, it's going to be the only way to help her, right? She won't go back to that church uh, if you don't want to be around her. Um, I don't know if she's still, you said she still has kind of yellow eyes. I don't. She can be controlled. We can't trust her around us. Exactly. So uh, why don't you call somebody to pick her up? Uh, should we call here? Should we just get out of here and I'll call and tell him the address? Yeah, let's let's leave. Set it up yeah. from somewhere else. I suppose. I mean, all right. So while you guys start to leave, uh, everyone give me a spot hidden roll. Just in case Walter never came in. I was just uh, being specific about that earlier. Oh, okay. Well, then don't give me a spot hidden roll. All right. Never mind then. <laughs> Walter's spooked. All up to you guys. Yeah, as soon as uh, Lenny said that she started writing symbols on the wall, he was like, nope. Fuck. I should have rolled when um, we weren't talking, but it's failed anyway. Me too. Okay. Would either of you like to push the roll, take one yes. last look around the apartment before you yeah, leave? Yeah, since I'm the only one that seems to actually give a shit about this girl that I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I just have a feel. Uh, I can't. I don't want to... Say. Listen for the roll. It's so pretty. <sighs> That's like the worst I've ever rolled. No. 97. Mm. Failed again. So both of you pushed it and failed? Yeah, it looks oh. like it. So I uh, maybe I had to hop all over to the bathroom since I was laying on the floor for a while. Mm-mm. I don't know. We didn't leave, though, that's for no, sure. You guys all take one last look around the apartment. Uh-huh. Make sure that everything's cool. And... So mean. She's going to start whipping knives around. 
Walter's down the hallway. Like, Are you guys done yet? Um, I can't think of anything really bad here. Um, well, that's all right. I guess we can just go. <laughs> <laughs> just we'll never see it. Whatever it was, we'll never ever see it again. Nope. Heather breaks a nail, and she's like, "God damn it! Like that could be it. That could be." Maybe um, I left my hat. I don't, I don't think he wears a hat. <laughs> yeah. Might have one. Stubbed right. your toe on the way out. The good toe. No. So I'm going to say, while you guys are taking one last look around the apartment, uh, Lenny slips on Whoop. the olive oil that's there. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and he falls, and he takes one hit point of damage. Ah. Ah. All right. Heather goes to help him up. And she trips on the knife that was thrown uh, across the room. Uh, <laughs> Real mix them up. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh. You trip over that knife and give me a dexterity roll for that one because it's not oil. What's what's going on in there? Are you okay? I really thought you were gonna have me also slip in the olive oil and I was free laughing. Now you trip over you trip like... over that knife that was across the room. You didn't see it. Okay. Motherfucker. Oh my god. 83. Okay, you trip over that knife and your head hits the wall right on the corner. And you take one hit point of damage. Alright, that's not that bad. I thought you were gonna kill me right there. I was like, Jesus, that's how I'd go out as I, I slip on yeah. fucking I slip Crack. on a knife covered in olive oil. <laughs> Fought demons and I slip on an olive oil knife and hit my head on the corner. That would be funny. All right, so after you guys' little fiasco there, you finally leave the apartment. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> Where do you guys go from there, though? Walter's like, how far away did you park? He kind of scans the parking lot as you guys get outside. Uh, it's on the street. In the point down the street there. Is, uh, he looks back to you. He says, you want to wait here and I'll go get the car and bring it back? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Thanks. Alright then. Says uh I'll uh, double step it. I guess you wanna keep him company? He looks to you, Heather. Yeah. I'm like holding my head. Sheesh. Oh man. He looks a little bummed. And he starts to walk off. Right. Hands in his pocket. Alright, so Walter, you walk back and you get the car and you pull back around. Yep. Alright. And uh you guys all get in it, I suppose. Uh, I look around. Does it look like uh, we're being watched uh, by anybody or uh, Ginger in particular? Uh, no, you don't see anyone around. Like not out the windows or anything? Well, you know where your apartment window is. Uh, you can see it's still covered with uh, the drapes. Hmm. All right. This is, uh, I guess, uh, let's get the heck out of here. Right. Where do you guys go? Are we going to that hotel room that we booked in, um... Yeah, that dirty hotel. Name? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we could do that. Okay. I have a few of my books, but I don't really have the box for plotting anything. Um, can I just, uh, record things if I, uh, come across them in the night and then plot them later? Sure. Alright. Hey, uh, I'm not too sure where I'm going. Where are we headed, uh? Heading to that hotel? Or if you could drop me off there. I can't uh, really go home or be on my block or be seen at your house, Walter. Yeah, I'm not going home. 
Yeah, of course. Not really a good idea. Um, I was gonna maybe stay there, but not with that girl. Christ. Hmm. Well, uh, how many of those books do you have? Because um, I was wondering if there was possibly some more uh, of that purple stuff on any of the pages. You know, like, uh, it was an odd smudge, you know, maybe if they were making the poison or something with the book open, but it's not in that book or on that page, then maybe it's in the book that was on top of that book or something, you know? Uh, well, I mean, I have the first and the third of the two, or of the books in my series, my portion of the series, pardon me. Yeah, we we looked through those for purple stuff already. We just, just it's just this one, uh, the one page, I think, or it was a little yeah. bit on the side too, maybe. I think so. I mean, as far as the rest of them, uh, you know, next time you go and check them out, you know, just take a look at maybe just the size of the books. Or see if there's any more. Maybe it dripped on several books. Could be, could be. Yeah, I mean, I could certainly uh, look them all over. That's no problem. Uh, I won't be able to get any more of them out of the uh, safety deposit box until tomorrow, however. Gotcha. All right, well, I need a nap. I'm beat up. I need a bath. It's uh, it's getting kind of late right now. Let's say it's like 10 o'clock. After all that business and driving around and getting to the hotel room and holding down Ginger and, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to say it's about 10 o'clock now. And you guys are at the hotel. And what do you do? Start going through these books again or just kind of crash for the night? I mean, should we call Thompson? That was like a discussion that we were kind of having. Let him know about Ginger. Uh, I mean, he's a homicide detective. I can't really call him for every little thing. I don't. You should just report, uh, you know, someone who may be a harm to themselves or others. Yeah, I guess I'll just call like Byberry or something. Okay. Do you have like any ever? Uh, family's contact information? Maybe you could uh, call her mom or... I mean, she might have it in a book, like in a phone book at the apartment, but I don't... Right, you've never met her mom or anything, uh, never talked to her on the phone. I'm going to pass out. All right. So Lenny goes to sleep. I just lay on the bed, put all my clothes and my jacket and my lawn. (laughs) Yeah, just fully dressed. Well, just pass out, or at least try to. Beat up. Yeah, you are. Uh, so what are Heather and Walter doing? Uh, I guess I'll call, I'll call Byberry and let them know there's someone who's having a mental breakdown in the address. Okay, so you call Byberry Mental Institution. I guess. And you give them your address for your apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all you can really go on yeah. for now. Right? Um, does Walter have any books on him? Uh, he has two of the books. Um, I guess he's um, probably. I mean, how how close to being done with the first one is he? As far as plotting uh, courses or plotting lines, and I'm going to say you're about halfway through it. Oh, okay. Uh, well, if that's the case, then maybe he'll try to finish up that one. He says uh, the third book in the series is just as important. Uh, if you can find any of these uh, bits of notation and uh, mark down any numerical values, I can then plot them in the cube later on. He kind of shows you what he's gotten done so far with the first of the three, or first of the books that he has in the series. 
But uh, he says, yeah, you're, this is number three in the series, but, I mean, it's all pretty much the same stuff. I could uh, get you a little cheat sheet where you can just put some values in. Or uh, if you just kind of want to look for anything important, you can kind of pour through the pages and see what you find. Yeah, that was that's what I was thinking. Just something to do until I get really sleepy and then just pass out. Gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, I'm going to say you guys do that for a while. Keep going through these books. Keep looking for uh, clues in them. Any sort of side note that might help your progress on figuring out what this whole Ophidian thing is. But after a while, you both start to get kind of dreary and a little sleepy. And you haven't found much in these at this point. But you guys have had like a ridiculous day. You're both physically and emotionally drained. Yeah, he totally doesn't push it. Uh, Once he starts getting weary, it's probably just going to be get some sleep. Same for Heather? Yeah. All right, good. So you guys all fall asleep in this shitball hotel room. And everyone give me a con roll. Constitution. Let's pass. 55. I pass. 48. I pass. All right. So although the curtains in this room, you know how those curtains in hotel rooms are like pitch black, like no light gets through them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though that is happening, uh, you guys have an internal alarm. You all get up around the same time. You look at the clock radio that's on the nightstand there, and you see that it is currently 8 o'clock in the morning. So we get a hit point back? Yeah, let me get one of them. You (laughs) all get a hit point back. I can't find an eraser. Uh Uh-oh. Walter says, well, um... I suppose one way or the other, I could stop by the house and uh, grab any uh, artifacts. He kind of looks to you there, Lenny. Uh, this is uh, you want your uh, your piece back. I'm getting an eraser. Uh, what's that? Uh, oh, the uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, I uh, still got this, and I pull out the revolver and give that back to Heather. Oh, well, there you go. At least one of us has an, uh, a weapon. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're uh, swinging by the house or whatever, if you don't mind grabbing the uh, the little beater and the shotgun, I might need it. Yeah, of course. Um, I'll uh, swing by there, grab the book and uh, all those items. Um guess uh, if you're not doing anything else, you, uh, you mind continuing on? See if you can... Uh, Get any more of these values uh, written down for me? No, but do you have the uh, the uh, Xerox copies of like the stuff from the other book I could look through? Sure, the ritual. And uh, the other thing, he kind of flips through uh, his little book and gives you two Xerox papers that are folded over in, I guess, quarters. I'll, uh, I'll take some look through your books for a while. Excellent. All right, so while you're doing that, Walter... You head back down to your house and come back again. We're going to say by the time you get back, it's nine. Did Heather and Lenny want to do anything besides go through the books in that hour? No. I'm, I'm going to go to the vending time. machine, get some candy. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, yeah. If they got a coffee one, give me one of them. <laughs> get a coffee and some starbursts. So Walter gets back with uh, Lenny, your equipment. Probably have a bird bath. In the meantime as well. 
Gotcha. All right, just clean up a little bit. Since I got this cast. Right. Uh, Walter, you get back with Lenny's uh, weapons and the book, right? Yeah. So all three of the books are there now. Gotcha. So you each have a book to go through for a while here. How long do you guys want to do that? Uh, Well, I mean, Walter has to be at work in a little bit. Probably got like an hour or two. Plenty of time to get breakfast beforehand. Find a diner. Guys get some uh, eggs and bacon and shit on a shingle, that good stuff. Uh, Walter. Yes. While you guys are in the middle of eating breakfast at this diner, you have, you or you might have an idea. Give me an intelligence roll. Fifty-five is a regular pass. Okay. So, Walter, you think about this for a little bit while you're eating. You know, you got some thoughts going through your mind. There's a lot going on right now. Mm-hmm. But then it occurs to you that there are, there's at least one member of the Magus Five that you have not talked to yet at all. Magus Five. It's Magus, not Magus. Magus Five. Thank you. Magus Five. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a good point. I actually, uh, had some notes written down Mm -hmm. while you guys are eating there. He says, you know, uh, my meeting didn't really go so well with, um, Professor Freeman, nor did, uh, Rutherford. Well, you guys heard that call. Um, yeah, that guy's a dick. (laughs) Didn't seem like they even took things seriously. Um, Maybe I should uh, check with the others and see if their books have anything pertaining to the Ophidians and their slumber. Anything that could wake them up or anything that might interfere with their slumber. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if you've got more people to uh, inquire with, uh, and they all have their own books and they all seem to be keeping secrets from each other, uh, maybe uh, it might not be bad to get all the info you can. He says, uh, secrets? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, I kind of thought they just didn't really, uh, or they just weren't really aware of the truth. I kind of think that Rutherford's got him uh, under his spell a little bit. I guess. Yeah, you don't think he's a little shady? I don't know. The other guy seems like a dunce, too. I don't know. It's a little weird. They don't believe you, and uh, you know this other guy dis- disappears mysteriously, and we already surmised that he was keeping secrets from um, from the rest of them, right? Or he might have known something that the rest didn't. Well, uh, Freeman said that he was surprised to hear that Raymond, the previous owner of my books, had known about uh, the Ophidians and their poison-making capabilities. But uh, I guess I hadn't really put that together. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly right here if, uh, you know, they have this this little uh, get-together book club for all these books. Why don't they all talk about or know everything that's in all these books? I mean, it doesn't seem like they just started it yesterday, you know? Well, I think that's going back to what I mentioned about Rutherford. Uh, I think they... uh, I I hate to say it, but I think they're just kind of blindly following every word that he says. Maybe they're brainwashed, too. They got headlight eyes. I was just going to ask if they have yellow eyes. Oh, I hope not. (laughs) Gosh. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it might be best to, you know, try to get 
as much glean as much knowledge out of them, everybody as you can here because it doesn't seem like everybody's really sharing as much as they should or at least uh, they don't seem to trust you I don't think they trust each other no uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you know the original owner's death was tied up in this somehow so uh, you guys finish up your breakfast at the diner Walter what do you do from there or what do all you guys do? You're all together. I stay in the room. I guess I just read books while he's at work. Okay. I want to say I like fill Lenny in on like what went down at the church too, with like the yellow eyes and everybody being in unison and then going back to being normal on and off like a light switch. Yeah, it was like red light, green light. Yeah, from like when you're a kid. Oh wait, no. I guess they wouldn't have had stoplights when Lenny was a kid. Maybe I don't know when they came out. <laughs> Probably. That's something else. Uh, you know, Lenny, uh, I, I kind of pressed uh, Bradshaw and uh, I kept asking him, you know, uh, you know who you are and, you know, see if he would let anything slip. But uh, he seemed pretty tight lipped. He didn't really offer any additional information. He just said he was the director or a director. So if there was any any deeper connection between this play and. Uh, Anything else, as you might have theorized earlier, I'm afraid I was unable to get to the bottom of it. Well, um, what did he say about wanting to end it all, control the world, end the world, kill the world, make the world see the play, some shit like that? Didn't he? Didn't he have some weird? No, did I make that up? You know, I will take down He-Man and then all of you snooping kids. <laughs> <laughs> That was Something it. Like that. that was definitely <laughs> it. That must have been it. <laughs> I don't like being nice. Um, I thought there was I like a, you know, I, I just wanna, I just wanna put on a great play and make the world I, there see was, it, and they'll all understand. There was something like that. I there just, was something about killing a bunch of people. Was. Oh. All right. So where, I mean, you know, everything happens so fast. You know, I can't imagine you would remember everything that the entire cast of actors said in unison in one man's voice inside the echo of the church i bet that sounded real creepy yeah they sure kind of got the drop on us they pretended to be normal at first when we uh, let the cold air in and then as soon as we closed the door it was like a horror movie i wonder if that has something to do with it maybe uh maybe we can like blast some cold on them and they'll it was like flipping a light switch they were just Normal than not normal. Yeah, that's what was happening for me. So I wonder if, uh, you know... They're spellbound. He had to switch back and forth, you know. Uh, it was like he was there still. Like, she was still pointing the gun, but she couldn't move while I was moving. And then he switched back, and he was like, I'd fuck me. And then, and, then he, <laughs> and then he switched back again, and that's when I disarmed her. Shit, I'm just glad all of us got out of there one piece. He, uh, he definitely threatened us to uh, not get out of that church. So, uh, if he had a small, small army in there, I'm surprised you guys got out at all. You did good there, Walter, Heather. Yeah. Yeah. Shame you didn't kill that fuck, though. Somebody should. I think that was, I think that was Heather's original plan. I wanted to. <laughs> Sounds like he needs it. Yeah, that ain't you, Heather. You should focus on going back to school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's happening. So, uh, 
Walter, specifically. Walter, um, are you going to give anyone else a call from this Mages 5 list? Uh, if there's time before work, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Sure there is. It's only like 9.30 now. Uh, using the hotel room phone, who do you call? Local calls are free. Excellent. Uh, well, what's his name? Uh, Tom, he seemed like a pretty personable fellow. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll start with him, see if I can uh, check in and uh, keep the ball rolling here. So, you, Walter, you call up Tom, Tom Winklespeck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you call him up, uh, you have his university number, right? Yes, uh, they all gave me business cards at the original meeting. Right, right. So you call up his office, and you get an answering machine, and it says, Hi, this is Professor Winklespeck. Please leave me a message and uh, leave me a phone number, and I'll get back in touch with you. Thanks. Beep. Beep. (laughs) Uh, Hey, uh, Tom, this is Walter. I hope this message finds you in good spirits. Listen, uh, there's something I needed to check with you about. Uh, I uh, got some troubling information lately, and... I'd hope that if you had a chance to look through some of your books, you could see if there's anything pertaining to the Ophidians and slumber. And uh, if you have anything that you need to check with me about, I'll be at the bookstore today. Click. Click, hang up. All right. Uh, So you called up uh, Tom Winklespect. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyone else you want to call? And I flip through the cards to the Dr. Rochelle McLeod, linguistics department. So you call up Raquel McLeod at her office, and she actually picks up. She says, hello, this is Professor McLeod. Oh, that, that's excellent. Uh, I had thought I might get another recording. Uh, Dr. McLeod, this is Walter Pendergast. How are you today? You hear go, oh, it's you. Um, I guess I'm doing okay. Uh, what can I do for you? Well, uh, <clears throat> I had hoped... Give me a charm roll, Walter, with a penalty die. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> good old Gil. Gotta get a good job. I don't think that's pass. No, definitely not. Right. Turn it. So, while you're on the phone with her, what's the next thing you say after she said, yeah, what do you want? Well, she says, uh, he says, uh, I uh, won't take up too much of your time. It's probably a long shot anyway, but I'd hope that uh, you could take a look through your books and, or if you already knew, is there anything that mentions the Ophidians and their slumber? She goes, oh, look at you, just like the rest of them. All you old men, all together, you just want me to do your work for you, don't you? Well, I mean, we're, we're running out of time, and I've got 14 books of my own, and so far I've been unsuccessful. I, uh, is something wrong? She goes, yeah, there's a lot wrong, actually. And uh, you're part of the problem, I think. So I will uh, talk to you maybe the next time we get together. Other than that, well, wait, wait. If there's something I could do to fix something that's wrong, uh, sh- surely we could come to some sort of agreement. 
Walter, give me a psychology roll. All right. Y'all in the He-Man Woman Haters Club. Whopping 14 points. Here we go. We're looking for some big boy numbers. Little boy numbers. Is she going through a breakup? Oh, 24 is so close. Spend those points. Spend those points. Yeah, I'm going to spend 10 points and pass it. Okay. There you go. Walter, you get this feeling that Rachel McLeod just doesn't seem to like men in general. Maybe it would be better if you had, I don't know, some female talk to her about this, perhaps. Oh, shit. Perhaps you could even make said female pose as, like, your assistant. Hmm. Interesting. But that's up to you. I see. But she does not seem too keen on you personally. Yeah, boy. Well, uh, gosh, uh... Yeah, I I seem to have troubled you, and that was not my intention, so I guess I'll leave it at that. And he kind of shrugs, looks a little disappointed. Says, uh, thank you for your time. Says, yeah, okay, whatever, I'll see you at the next meeting for our little club. Click. Damn. Boy, I, uh... I wonder why she's so uh, so mad at all of us. Uh, you know, Heather, how would you like a raise? <laughs> Says, uh, I think I need an assistant. Well, I'm making zero dollars an hour right now, so well, that sounds wonderful. Could have been making a hundred a day. <laughs> what do you need me to do? But like, what did she say? Well, I don't think she's. Uh, very happy about working with all the guys in, in our little book club, as Lenny puts it. Um, would you uh, be willing to maybe um, jot down some notes? Maybe uh, check in with her and uh, maybe just kind of broach the same subject I did. Uh, tell her that, you know, we've got a friend who we're trying to help and uh, we're uh, kind of running out of time and we're looking for answers about the Ophidians and their their slumber and anything that might wake them you know uh he looks back to you there lenny he says uh, some of the things we found about their corrosive uh uh carotid something or other it was a carotid uh, toxin yeah that one in particular really bothered me uh and the fact that uh, we don't really know exactly what they injected you with um yeah, well, we have a good idea, because it mentioned this other toxin, too, and sounds more like the one I was injected with, not the one that they, they, the carotid one is, is it the one that said they produce with their teeth, with their bite? No. never got bit. No. It did not say that. It just said that it was a uh, toxin that basically melts your car- carotid arteries. Ah, uh, they have, but they have the bites. They got the bites, they got the, the, the carotid one, and then the black lotus poison, Yep. which seems like the... The likely suspect, so I don't think they were mixing, you know. Uh, these are all listed separately in, in that one. And he, you know what, he says, uh, when, uh, when do you think they they jabbed you with that thing? And he counts the days from then till now. It was, um, Thursday? It was a Thursday. 
What is today, Monday? Tuesday? It has been six days or five days since that happened. All right, so it's Wednesday now. This is, uh, whoa. Well, yeah, I guess uh, you, th- you think your insides feel okay? I mean, you haven't noticed any, any blood or anything, right? Nah, I think I'm all right. Uh, yeah, pretty sure, uh, you know, it was one, not the other. What else do you do now? Um, so, yeah, it would have been almost a week since, uh, since uh, the injection. Yep. Still all right. Well, I'll call her now. I mean, if you want, I don't care. Like, uh, this is, uh, well, uh, I seen a play. I seen a play once. Maybe I can act. Let me uh, write down some notes here. And uh, he tears a page from his uh, little three ring, not binder, but like, you know, little notepad, Johnny joints. Mm-hmm. And uh, he writes down her number, name and uh, things of that nature and writes down any kind of talking points relative to what we found and uh, some of the notes that Lenny had originally uh, given us. A little cheat sheet. Uh, says, yeah, I'm, uh, I, you know, I'll probably get out of here in a few minutes. So anytime after I'm gone, he kind of shrugs. All right. So Heather, do you call up this uh, lady? Yeah, I'm just call her now. All right. So you call the number that Walter gave you, and you hear on the other end. Yes, hello, Professor McLeod. Um, hi, Professor McLeod. I'm calling on behalf of Walter Q. Pendergast. I'm his assistant. She goes, oh. You're you're his assistant? Isn't he just some bookstore guy? Oh uh, yeah, he's an antiquarian. I, you know, I help him with his restorations and stuff. Oh, that's right. I do have his business card here. Tell me, honey, aren't you sick of working under just another fucking old man? I mean, I was until I started working for Walter. Everyone else I've worked for has been a real dick. But he's, I don't know, nice guy. Pays me nice. I mean, I don't even have an apartment now, and he lets me stay with him. She goes, well, glad to hear that, provided that he's not a scumbag. Oh, not at all. Like, the complete opposite. Mm, Well. But I know what you mean. The rest of these guys in this little club, I'm sure he told you about it, you being his assistant. He doesn't seem a big fan of the other guys, just between me and you. Yeah. Me neither, honestly. It's an old boys club. They're all good old boys. You know, even when I did the translation for them, they still excluded me. Do you know that? It's unbelievable. I mean, I can't say I'm surprised with some guys, but he's definitely not like that. He actually made me leave my bartending job because he didn't like the way the guys treated me there and gave me this job. Honey, are you sure he's not trying to, you know, get in your pants? No, not at all. <laughs> it's totally laughable. Yeah, like, we're just like she's he was, like laughing He at was it. actually like, dating my aunt for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she says to you, so tell me, hon, what do you know so far about this whole situation that we have working here? What has he told you? I mean, I'm not as sharp with it as you guys and as he is, but, you know, I know you're waiting for this uprising of these Ophidians. She goes, wow, she, he went all that way with you to tell you that much. Okay. Yeah, and uh, we've just had some situations where we think the other men in this club are hiding something, and we think that they are here 
now. I know that sounds crazy. Well, she says to you, well, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I was left out on the whole thing where they started the Speculum Magus books. They just gave me a couple for safekeeping. I didn't even participate in the ritual that I did the translation for. Are you kidding me? What a bunch of dicks. <laughs> yeah, they're awful. You know, I did the translation for this whole experiment that they had where Freeman did this you know, biological assertion. And then we also had Winklespec doing all the mathematics behind it to figure out exactly where the Ophidians are. But it, none of it would have been possible without me translating the ancient texts that I had to go through. We're talking Babylonian here. We're talking Sanskrit, okay? Shit that no one speaks anymore. And they left me out of that experiment with the Black Lotus and the LSD? Oh, shit. She definitely gasps at the Lotus thing. <laughs> They're kind of leaving Walter out, honestly. He asked about the flower, and it was definitely a Lotus, and... That's exactly what he's calling you about. I'd really love it. I mean, he just knows so much more if you would speak to him. She says to you, she goes, yeah, um, about the Lotus, I don't know where they got their hands on it, but it's was supposed to be an unattainable flower. Somehow they got it. Somehow they went through the ritual that was left behind. If Somehow they went through the ritual with it. I'm not exactly sure how, but I know that I wasn't allowed to participate in it. They did it behind my back. I mean, have you seen the books that he has yet? Like, I mean, maybe that could help some of the gaps that you're missing with the ritual. He says, well, you know, most of the people wouldn't let me go through their books, honestly. The only one out of this group that I even liked was Raymond. And now he's gone. And that's the one who's dead? She says, yeah. How did he die, if you don't mind me asking? She says, just between me and you. I know I can't prove anything. But I think, I think, Brightly had something to do with his death. She said, I heard them arguing just a couple days before he was found dead in his apartment. They were having a real loud argument, yelling at each other. I couldn't make out what they were saying. But it was obvious that it was pretty heated. A couple days later... He was found dead in his house. Now, if I were you, if I were Walter, maybe I'd try to get a glimpse at the autopsy report. I tried to, but, you know, they don't just give those reports out to just anybody. But you're welcome to give it a try. That's the best advice I can give you so far. I mean, that's definitely really helpful. Um... Is there any chance you'd want to speak to Walter? We we have a friend who we think was injected with this lotus flower, maybe. And we're just worried about his safety. She goes, where where did someone get another one of those? They're, they're not even supposed to really exist. The fact that they even found one of them was mind-boggling. I have no idea where it came from, but he was injected by what he calls snake people and... I don't know how often that happens, that you guys are waiting for these Ophidians. She goes, really? So, he thinks that he was 
attacked by one of these snake people? Yes, multiple times. You hear a long pause on the phone. And she goes, maybe Brightly's wrong. And we're going to end the episode there. Oh, I was so into that that whole conversation. <laughs> she kept saying weird stuff like the ritual. And I'm like, oh, no, what is uh-huh. this? Ooh. Uh. Yeah, I think it's more likely that there's there was only one flower. But then again, that Yuki said she can get me another one. So I know where the hookup is. Yuki said she can get she you was... the pink one. Yeah, but she got weird about the other one. So isn't it? Yeah, it's more yeah, likely that there's only one. And then there's a weird connection there. Maybe Brightly's in, he, he had the mob take out dumbass, a dead guy. Yeah. It was hard to, like, remember what I'm not supposed to know as the character. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed to someone who's playing. All right, guys, so let's thank our Patreon supporters, starting with our newest member, Anne-Marie Callahan who donated to us on the investigator level. So we're sending her out one of our numbered enamel pins. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Thank you. Thanks. Thank Enjoy you. that pin. I lost mine already. <laughs> Hold on to it. Next we got also Anthony Stanley. Uh, thanks a lot, Anthony. Andrew Fletcher, of course, uh, been with us for a long time now. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Thanks, Anthony. Regis Philbin has been with us from the very beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Just about. Thanks, Regis. (laughs) Since we started up the Patreon. It's amazing. Thanks, Regis. (laughs) (laughs) How does he do it? And, of course, our buddy Tom Winklespect, who uh, donated on the asylum attendee level, which is the reason why there is a character named Tom Winklespect in our show now. Tommy Wings. Thanks, Tom. Gets to be a Megas 5. Doctor. Major. I don't know how to say it. Say it again. That's doctor. George, Tom do it the right way. Professor Brightly? No, no. Say Magus 5 the right way. Magus. Magus 5. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm pretty Thanks sure. for everyone who supports Thanks, the everybody. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Pretty soon, thanks to your generous donations, we're going to start being able to bring you guys some bonus content. Oh. It'll be exclusively for our Patreon supporters, no matter what level you donate at. Maybe we'll play a different game. Heck, maybe Chuck or Chad or even Jenny will run a one-off of a published scenario from Call of Cthulhu. We'll see. Not it. Uh, but- Not it. <laughs> <laughs> I barely know what I'm doing now. <laughs> But we'll see what happens with that. Uh, We'll get some good stuff out there for you. And uh, everyone remember that sanity is overrated. (laughs) So overrated. Is that Tom Winklespect? Just Tom, I think, is what he said, though. Just Tom. Tom, Tom's fine. Yeah, it was Dr. Tom Winklespect, actually. Oh, Um, Dr. Tom. He's a doctor of mathematics. Okay, like that's a thing. (laughs) You have a doctorate. Just operating on numbers. Okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like Wonder Chosen. It does. Someone get me a 13 stat. We need to extract this nine from the stomach of a seven. <laughs> I need a prime number. All right. Hey, this is George. Just a quick reminder to like, follow, and review us if you like what you're hearing. 
And if you want to support us and make our show better, head on over to our Patreon. You can always email us at contact at thatcthulujohn.com with any comments. And you can follow us on Instagram at thatcthulujohn. 